We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets? Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with GEICO. Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue. Hooray! Believe it, GEICO could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the October 8th, 2018 edition of the Fantasy Football Report, Rotoviz radio news show covering the series and mocking the ridiculous NFL news of the last week, brought to you by SquadQL. I'm Blair Andrews. You can follow me on Twitter at AmItheRealBlair. And my co-host is Hassan Rahim, who you can follow at HRR5010. Hassan, what's up? Hey, what's going on, Blair? Uh, I've had a fantastic Sunday. Uh, how about yourself? Yeah, pretty good Sunday. Good uh Good week for me in DFS and, um, you know, mixed results in season long, but it's always kind of how it goes. Uh, got a ton of news items to discuss today, and I'm really excited to get into them with our guest today. Joining us on the show is Devin McIntyre. Devin is a contributor to Rotoviz and the author of Talking Trades. You can follow him on Twitter at DevinMCI. Devin, thanks for joining us. How's it going? It's going good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, before we get going, can you tell us a little bit about what what sort of stuff you're covering in Talking Trades? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I uh, Talking Trades is uh, like focused on mostly redraft um, trade column. Um, I wrote it last year as well. It was uh, called Tuesday Trades then for uh, <laughs> for the regular followers. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean it's. Uh, mostly self-explanatory, trying to figure out 
um, what players may be in situations that are changing, have, uh, changing values uh, a little bit ahead of the curve. So instead of just talking about who did well or who did poorly this week and dumping them to owners who aren't paying attention, um, trying to think a little bit harder about roster construction, you know, uh, moving value from positions where you have a lot of depth uh, to, to target positions where you can add a player. Um, things that where, where, when you make an offer to another owner in your league, uh, they're going to see how it works for them as well, and both sides can actually win the trade rather than just trying to uh, extract value from weaker players. Awesome. That sounds great. Yeah, you definitely want to check out that article. Publishes every week. Um, yeah, now let's get into the news. First item is Matt Breida left Sunday's Week 5 game against the Cardinals with a left ankle injury and will, well, he did not return. <laughs> Um, so Devin Breida had 61 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown just in the first quarter alone. Um, if he is forced to miss extended time, what does his absence mean for the 49ers offense? And how do you expect them to replace his production? This is tough. I mean, the 49ers can't keep anyone healthy and it's kind of scary right now. I mean, Jarek McKinnon was somebody who I was super high on two years ago and have him <laughs> in like every dynasty league because he was, you know, like outside the top 250 players. And so him not even making it to the regular season was fairly crushing. And then, uh, you know, it, Breda seemed like a bright spot for a second and then they added Alfred Morris and now it's a mess again. So I don't know. I mean, I think in the short term for sure, Alfred Morris is really valuable. Kyle Shanahan's a good offensive coordinator. You know, the offenses, they find ways to put their guys in positions to succeed. So he's going to be an RB1, I think. He's gonna, they're going to throw it at him. He's going to make, make um, some plays in the passing game, which he's been knock on most of his career. Um, and I don't know. I mean, Raheem Mostert is most, more of a gadget guy. He always is a preseason, especially like preseason DFS star. Last couple of years, he's fast, but I mean, they're trying to use him a little bit to fumble that it's like first carry. Uh, I doubt that they lean too heavily on him. I don't think that Mustard is going to just take over Matt Breida's role. I think it'll be Morris. But we have to, I mean, they could add someone. I think that's the scary thing because they started with, you know, they had uh, Jeremy Nichols and Joe Williams and all these guys. People thought maybe it would be a bigger who wasn't even on the team, and Mostert was mostly a special teams guy. So, I mean, everyone always talks about Amir Abdullah hanging out there on the, you know, like, inactive part of the Lions roster. Maybe this could finally be the time that they make a move. We'll see. Yeah, uh, I was just curious. I, I know you mentioned that, like, Alfred Morris uh, saw more work in the, will see more work in the receiving game. Well, he saw five targets today. He converted three of those into 30 yards. Uh, the guy who led this backfield in targets uh, was Kyle Juszczyk. He saw seven, converted six for 75 yards. Uh, do you think Kyle Juszczyk sees uh, an uptick in receiving work, or uh, how do you think that turns out? No, not really. I mean, I think he's, I think he's already a huge piece of the offense. Necessarily to the point that you can rely on it in most leagues, just because it's you know he's he's very situational guy. So 
depending on the game script, he can do nothing. You could have a game like, you know, um, you could have a game where he gets seven or eight targets, but when it, when it's sort of that situational, it's hard to rely on really deep leagues people are going to, but I don't, I, I, I bet that his role pretty much stays the same. Um, you know, they don't, they're not going to make him do different stuff. Maybe he gets, you know, maybe he gets a little bit more regular passing work. I don't see, I don't see them trying to put him in a different role. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, he did get, I think, what his was his first carry of the season today, uh, which he took for 12 yards. So, you know, maybe <laughs> I don't think they really want to use him in that role, although I guess when, when you're desperate, you try anything. Yeah, I mean he's on he's on the field all the time, so there will be yeah it's definitely true there could be situations where if he and Morris are on the field together and Morris needs to come out he like gets one carry or something, <laughs> but like so yeah I mean if you're if 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 what pushes you off the fence with him is like whether he adds one kick then <laughs> you know then he's looking up but otherwise I think that he's the same where he has a valuable real life role. Yeah, um, you know, you mentioned Abdullah. That's a pretty interesting fit, I think. A lot of us at Rotoviz were expecting more from Abdullah than he's really shown in Detroit. Uh, are there any other names that you think San Francisco might be looking at? You know, uh, Mike Gillisley is someone who comes to mind as uh, the Saints just released him, although he's not, you know, he probably is about the same kind of player as Morris is, but anyone else... Uh, top of mind yeah i mean orland starko is out there too and they're you know it's a similar kind of profile of those are all guys who are more early down guys it, they could add one just because you know they, they don't have any depth in the position and they need to just have have someone i feel like if they do add one of those guys it would be more of a backup role I mean, just coming in off the street like it would be more just to spell not something where I'd be racing to the wave wire to drop all my uh, whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, there's other... If they had any receiving back, I think that you have to add them right away. And that could be... I'm not sure if Kurt Williams is still out there. If he is, and he gets that added for sure. It's hard to know with some of those uh, preseason guys who get cut and then were on the IR. Uh, you know, so there could be guys who sneakily get back to, you know, like Eric Swoop is kind of a surprise. You know, everyone, like I remember him getting cut like mm-hmm. three weeks ago <laughs> and suddenly yeah. he was like blowing up in the, in the Thursday night game. You're like, oh, okay, I guess he uh, got added back. <laughs> right. Yeah, I totally forgot that Swoop got added back. It, I think I must have seen a blurb and it must have just completely not processed it because seeing him catch a touchdown i had to put two and two together because my last memory was him being caught <laughs> aaron jones rushed seven times for 40 yards in the packers his week five loss to the lions he also caught two balls for 19 yards devins jones did not touch the ball in the second half until there were 30 seconds left in the game with the packers in catch-up mode is jones going to be more game script dependent the rest of the season or is there a chance he could pull away as the most efficient runner in this backfield I mean, I think it's an interesting 
situation because it's similar to Detroit, who they played today. I mean, um, they have they have a clear cut receiving back, um, Ty Montgomery. He's gonna he's gonna be on the field when they're in catch up mode like they were today. I don't you know who knows how frequently that's gonna happen, but um, Ty Montgomery looked great. I mean, he he was making plays at the end of the game. It was garbage time, but you know. He's, I, I wouldn't say that that uh, Jamal Evans or Aaron Jones looked better in the passing game than Montgomery did. So I think he'll keep that role. And it just is a question of whether either of those guys slips. And if, you know, Jamal Williams, like, I think he had four targets today, too. So it wasn't like they're afraid uh, to use him. And, and Aaron Rodgers is going to, you know, he'll throw it to whoever's on the field. So um, unless. Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy get on the same page where they where Aaron Rodgers says, you know, I don't want this guy playing this much. Um, I think that it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a split. I don't know that it's ga- that game script dependent. I think it it's, um, I mean, I guess it, if it's a blowout like today, then yeah. But for for like even reasonably neutral situations, I, I don't think that um, you know, I don't think there's scenario. I mean, I think to start the game, Jamal Williams got a carry, and then Aaron's got a carry. That's how they started the game off after Tom Montgomery had returned the punt. So. Yeah, it was a weird situation with this kind of, you know, the touch distribution, at least in the second half. I mean, yeah, like you said, Jamal Williams had four targets. He also caught a uh, two-point conversion uh, catch. And Jones himself had three targets, which was the same amount as Montgomery. So it's not... Exactly like these guys, like Montgomery's the third down back, and these other guys can't have that same role. So, you know, Montgomery also had four carries. So they kind of have, you know, they all do pretty much the same thing, it seems like, or at least that's how Green Bay wants to use them. So, uh, yeah, it's just very strange to see Jones, who, you know, has been, has at least looked like the most explosive runner and been the most efficient with his touches just to, uh, you know, not even be a factor in the second half of the game. Um, yeah, I, do I don't think, know. I do think he's the guy to own just because, um, you know, he looks much more scary if you get him in space. When he gets the ball, he just looks like he could hit a touchdown at any time when he was on the field. Whereas Jamal Williams, he looks fine, but I don't think anyone's scared that he's taking them off like 70 yards or something. I think Jones is probably the guy to own uh, if all things equal. You're really hoping for that situation to change somehow. Yeah, the thing that's kind of uh, driven me crazy uh, is this discussion about pass blocking. Uh, like, <laughs> it, you know, the, the framing around it's kind of always been uh, a little weird. Uh, I remember seeing a tweet from Pat Thorman, uh, Pat underscore Thorman on Twitter today, and he mentioned uh, that the Packers asked running backs to pass block only twice today you know so like this uh, false narrative of uh, xyz players are better pass blockers so they're going to play more is is kind of bunk in, in my opinion uh i'm with devin uh aaron jones does look kind of like just the shiftier kind of more explosive player when you get him into space 
but don't forget about Ty Montgomery. Uh, you know, he is the guy that catches the passes. He's, I mean, he's a he's a wide receiver in running back clothing, and we're really yet to see any blow up games from him yet. Uh, and maybe with this entire Cobb layoff, uh, who knows? Maybe it is going to be uh, Ty Montgomery. Yeah, I mean, last week when uh, Cobb was out, I was actually thinking that Montgomery might kind of play some of the slot. Uh, I don't actually know how much that happened, but he didn't have a very productive game. So, you know, they don't seem to want to really convert him back to wide receiver. I think uh, we saw Marquez Valdez-Scanling had a really good game today, you know, with uh, with uh, Cobb and Allison both out. So, yeah, I don't know if Montgomery really is functioning as a wide receiver all that much anymore. But I haven't actually been watching these games, so somebody will have to correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I think he's mostly just second value from the other guys in the backfield. But I think it's a, I think it's a situation where you look at, you know, if one guy were to, because of injury or, you know, fall, falling into the doghouse for whatever reason, if there's one guy who could become very, very valuable on the offense, it's probably Aaron Jones. Or, I mean, or Ty Montgomery. That's just a, a slightly more difficult path um, for him to get there just because he's had that chance before. It's very obvious that that's not what the Packers were to do. If they wanted him to, you know, sort of carry the lion's share of the offense, they wouldn't have drafted Aaron Jones much more than that's All right, before we get into No Shit Shit No, here's Here's a quick reminder that you can support the Rotoviz Radio Network and our 10 shows per week on Patreon. By doing so, you'll gain exclusive access to Rotoviz Live, our weekly Sunday morning video show answering all your fantasy questions. Patronships start at just $6 a month and provide exclusive access to Rotoviz Live. That's four shows per month on top of 40 podcasts for $6. Become a Rotoviz Radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners, access premium content, and do your part in helping the network to grow and continue to produce high-quality, industry-leading programming. Speaking of exclusives, as a loyal podcast listener, you can get 30% off a Rotoviz NFL Pass right now. It's available to the NFL Podcast homepage, rotaviz.com slash podcast. Gain unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools. Get amazing value. Support the podcast network. Once again, that's rotaviz.com slash podcast. All right, now let's get into no shit shit. No, first item up. John Brown caught 5 of 14 passes for 58 yards in Sunday's Week 5 loss to the Browns. Uh, no shit. I mean, the guy's always been able to play. He's never been able to stay healthy. If he's healthy right now, he's going to he's gonna draw targets. I mean, Torrey Smith used to be that defensive guy for Flacco years ago. It seems like a long time since he's had somebody who could that. He had Steve Smith sort of on his very, very last legs. He's going to make more plays than he did today, too. 5 for 14 for 58 is not that great. We've already seen him eclipse that a couple times. Marquez Valdez-Cantling caught 7 of 10 targets for 68 yards and a touchdown. Uh, no shit. I mean, Randall Cobb was out. Jerono Allison was out. Aaron Rodgers is going to throw to whoever's on the field. MVS um, looked good. He, he's, he's, he's the fastest, I think, of the three rookies that they added. And he made a lot of those sort of Terrell Williams-type plays where they dumped it it off to him across the field and he just beat everyone to the corner, got around the edge, and racked up the yards, you know. 
if if those guys keep missing time, he's going to keep having games like that. Isaiah Crowell rushed 15 times for 219 yards and a touchdown and caught his lone target for a gain of 12 in the Jets' Week 5 blowout win over the Broncos. <laughs> uh, no shit. We talked about this a little bit before the show. This is the most Isaiah Crowell-type game that there is. You know, no shit to one target and no shit to a few huge runs where he gets a hole and once he takes off, you know, he's a big guy with some speed. That's how that's how he's made his money in the league. Seventy five yard runs. Yeah, we saw him do this on uh, Monday Night Football as well in the Jets' opener against the Giant, uh, the Lions. Sorry, uh, in, back in Week One, that was a fun time. Robbie Anderson caught three of five targets for one hundred and twenty three yards and two touchdowns in the Jets' Week Five win over the Broncos. Uh, no shit. I mean, that's his role in the offense. He's really fast and. He's been doing this um, since he's gotten into the league. Um, I think some people were low on him because of all of this off-the-field off stuff. Um, but, you know, I think there's all the charges were thrown out. They recently, just this week, I think, um, got official word that there's no suspension coming. So, you know, I think I, I am lower on him than some than some people. I think his opportunity in, um, uh, in the past has been because they've had so many injuries in the wide receiver group make him the focus of the offense. I don't think that'll happen. Uh, I think he's going to be the deep threat who he goes off. He'll go off big. Yeah, so in the same game, Anunwa had also five targets, same as Anderson, but caught zero of them. Uh, do you think there might be more of a shift going forward toward Anderson? Um, or, you know, should we not expect things to change that drastically from what has been happening in the first four weeks? I'm not expecting it to change that drastically. Um, you know, I think <laughs> Anunwa's looked fine this year. 0 for 5, I think, is the should know. <laughs> Austin Hooper caught 9 of 12 targets for 77 yards in the Falcons' Week 5 loss to the Steelers. Uh, shit, no. Um, it's not shocking to me that Hooper's capable of making plays in the passing game. Um, he's done that sporadically, and they always talk about how they think he is and how they want to make use of him, but um, this is a game where Atlanta could not get the ball to Julio. He had zero yards in the first half, I think, and um, and I think it looks like a game situation where Pittsburgh is making the Falcons play left-handed, and you know Patrick Mahomes is the only guy doing that successfully. <laughs> Saquon Barkley went for 48 yards and 15 carries while adding four catches for 81 yards and two touchdowns on four targets Sunday in the Giants' Week 5 loss to the Panthers. No shit. I mean, unless you're Seattle, you draft these guys in the first round, you're getting them the ball. Um, <laughs> we don't know yet if Barkley is going to be a difference maker carrying the football, but he's going to get the carries uh, to rack up enough yards that it's going to be good for fantasy, and he's going to kill you in the passing game. So. I know I asked you guys uh, pre-show, pre-show, but uh, just I just wanted to comment. That game-winning, I mean, well, that close to game-winning touchdown that Barkley scored, the second one, where he took off from the five-yard line and he just flew. If anyone hasn't seen it, please go find a YouTube highlight clip because that entire final minute sequence is absolutely bananas. Yeah, it reminds me of if you watch Sports Science when they have the running backs, like, during the combine season 
and they have them like running obstacle courses and doing different stuff and they have a guy they have him like jump over a um, like high jump bar at the end and do a big like cushion that's what that that's what that Barkley touchdown looked like and Kamara I think set the record on the sports science last year Kenny Galladay caught four of nine targets for 98 yards and one touchdown in the Lions' 31-23 Week 5 win over the Packers. No shit. He's the Lions' number one wide receiver, in my opinion. Um, he had he had another one early in the game that was nullified, I think, on a penalty. Um, he, he brings a different dimension than Golden Tate or Marvin Jones. I think Marvin Jones is that splash play guy, but Galladay can do everything. He's more physical, and he just... I mean... He's not just getting targets in the end zone. He's scoring touchdowns where he gets the ball and the defense can just not stop him from getting into the end zone. Blake Portals completed 33 of 61 passes for 430 yards and a touchdown and four interceptions in the Jaguars' Week 5 loss to the Chiefs. He also added four carries for 34 yards and a touchdown on the ground. No shit. I mean... Bortles has been in the league a long time now. This is this is who he is. You take the good with the bad. Um, he run, he's he runs. He's gonna score touchdowns on the ground. Um, but you know, I think uh, I think uh, should know to sixty one passes. That's not that's gonna be an unusual circumstance for this iteration. Of Patrick Mahomes completed 22 of 38 passes for 313 yards and two interceptions and rushed four times for 13 yards and a touchdown in the Chiefs' Week 5 win over the Jaguars. Uh, no shit. He's mortal. I think, you know, we knew that a game was coming like this where he didn't, um, you know, throw four or five touchdowns. But, um, yeah, I think that uh, I, I think that this game script where... They were able to take the foot off the gas. Um, I don't, you know, maybe maybe shit no to that. I think that he's gonna have to keep throwing all year. Kansas City had a bunch of turnovers. They had some fluky, you know. They had a, uh, I mean, it wasn't a great pass by Bortles, but he he dumped it off to the running back. I think it was Chris Jones, like hit him right in the hands, and he took it the other way, ten yards for a touchdown. Nine times out of ten, a defensive lineman that's falling to Cooper, so. That sort of turnaround, I think, um, put Kansas City in a position that they're maybe not going to be, uh, they're not going to find themselves in that much this year. I think that I think they're going to they're going to have the kinds of game scripts we've seen so far this year where they're going to shoot out. James Conner rushed 21 times for 110 yards and two touchdowns in the Steelers' Week Five win over the Falcons. He was also used in the passing game and caught. And he had four receptions for 75 additional yards. Uh, no shit. I mean, the Falcons have had a ton of defensive injur- injuries so far this year. Um, you know, they've been giving up yards to everyone. And, and they've always had trouble in the passing game against running backs. Not trouble, they, they you know, they sort of funnel usage that way. And um, and this year, that has been Alvin Kamara in 20 targets against them. McCaffrey at 15 targets. I mean, those are some of the best guys in the league, but we've been seeing them getting eaten up by running backs in the passing game. It'll be interesting to see if Ronald Jones gets going in a season that way next week. So here's a good one if we're talking trades. Uh, there are rumors that Le'Veon Bell is coming back in week 
seven. So uh, if you're a James Conner owner, are you trying to move him before he potentially turns into a pumpkin? I think you ride it out. I mean, I don't. Everyone's in the same boat, so I don't know that there's that many teams that are. You know, maybe if there's like an zero and five team and they really just need somebody for that week, like they have everyone else on buys and they want that week six game from from James Conner, maybe you can get something. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't. I I think you probably are just riding it out. I've I've seen. We've had some interesting questions on the road of his forums. Um, we have a thread for trades column, and um, a lot of people uh, post sort of you know their actual real life league situations. Um, it's been a nice resource because it helps to add a little nuance to some of these trade recommendations. It's easy to say try to get this guy, but how you can actually do it, and whether owners who have that point, what sort of situation they need to be in to want to move them or we had some interesting discussion about James Conner owners who were buying Le'Veon Bell. Um, and this was a couple weeks ago, but I think the situation is the same where it might be harder because the news seems more concrete that Bell is coming back, but we really don't know. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. So in a way, if you can get Bell cheap enough, um, he's almost like James Conner insurance where you're, you're happy for Conner to play out the rest of the year and Bell not even back, but, um, you know, if if Bell does displace him, you know, down the stretch in the, in the high leverage playoff weeks, and you're suddenly left without a player, that's a bad situation to be in, in most leagues past the trade deadline. Um, so, Bell, depending on the price, uh, can be an interesting ad for James Gunner owners, um, although I, I think that it's close enough to Bell's return that mostly Josh Allen completed 10 of 19 passes for 82 yards and an interception in the Bills' Week 5 win over the Titans. No shit, and he had another rushing touchdown. So he has more rushing touchdowns than passing touchdowns, I think 3-2, to two, and that may that may not change. I don't know if that's ever happened before, but he may be the first quarterback to you know, <laughs> have a rookie season where they rush for more touchdowns than they threw. Legarrette Blount rushed 12 times for 22 yards and two touchdowns in the Lions' Week 5 win over the Packers. No shit. Matt Patricia keeps telling us just what he wants to do. And Theo Riddick also had a red zone carry. Uh, I mean, even during the broadcast, I think they said, you know, they said a rare carry. But that's not even that's not even quite true because they've relied on Riddick a lot with other injuries to other people over the last two years. So. You know, I, it's aggravating to fantasy owners, but I'm not even sure it's that crazy uh, for the Lions to be doing this in real life. Um, anyone can run it in from the one-yard line. I'd rather blunt get those carries. If you're going to get one yard from a guy, I'd rather it be on the one-yard line, not on the 20-yard line. Demarius Thomas caught five of six targets for 105 yards and a touchdown in the Broncos' Week 5 loss to the Jets. Uh, shit, no. A garbage time touchdown that saved his day. Um, he's not a rod. He's a very reliable wide receiver right now. Sutton gives him a third pass catcher that the Broncos have been missing for a long time. Um, he got the other touchdown in the game, I think. You know, Sanders. Shit, no to Sanders getting 14 targets to everyone else's five or six, I think. Keep balancing out. And, but Demarius, 
definitely seems like he's on the short end of the stick right now from that pair. Out of curiosity, uh, is there like a root cause here or, is, or uh, in terms of why the targets uh, are down or is it just more so a uh, an addition of Sutton uh, kind of renders the other two guys uh, that the target share more uh, requires that the target share is more equally split? Well, I think it's a situation where, you know, people talk about different teams that can that can um, uh, basically sustain two like top twenty-four wide receivers, and the Broncos have been one of those teams for years. But it's sort of hidden. The reason was that when they had man in the offense, it was incredible. And why just the volume of the offense was so huge. They, you know, when when um, Julius Thomas was on the team, they were really sustaining guys um, more recently when they haven't had a quarterback it's it's not because the offense sustains multiple wide receivers it's that they only had two i mean uh they they had um uh who did they draft he's he's the wide receiver three of the giants now but um, cody Latimer, i think he, he wasn't ever able to get anything they haven't been able to have a tight end anything they drafted jake he was out and that was out again so um it's been more a situation that multiple guys getting over 20% of the targets because that was the whole offense. And now they have Hamilton and now they have Sutton and they're going to function more like a normal offense where the ball, you know, the ball gets spread around a little bit more. So it's going to be weaker to have those bad games. And then I think Keenum is not as good as some people would want him to be. TJ Yeldon rushed 10 times for 53 yards and hauled in 8 of 10 targets for 69 yards and a touchdown in Jaguars week 5 loss to the Chiefs. No shit. I mean, he. I, I'm not sure that the Jacksonville offense doesn't work better without Fournette in there. Um, you know, they, they tried Yeldon as that sort of ground and pound guy when he first got there, and it didn't work. And and Corey Grant got hurt in this game too. So um, it's the Yeldon show, and that means that they're gonna, you know, have have him coming out of the backfield, pitching passes a lot. It doesn't really matter whether he's a good running back or not. He's good in that ball and he's going to score points. Juju Smith-Schuster got four of four targets for 34 yards and a touchdown in the Steelers' Week 5 win over the Falcons. Uh, no shit. Um, you know, we knew that we knew that uh, Antonio Brown was going was, was gonna to have a big game and, and be more of the focus at some point. Um, he's the guy, so they're not going to... But, you know, but no shit, Juju still went off. I mean, he's a great player. He's going to score. Uh, Antonio Brown is going over 100 yards again, two scores. Yeah, I mean, one of the weird things about this game is that Roethlisberger, you know, despite them scoring 41 points, he only attempted 29 passes. So uh, hopefully the four targets is not, you know, I mean, definitely four targets is not what we should expect from Smith-Schuster going forward. Uh, you know, he came in third in the league in targets. I wonder, uh, are we going to see Antonio Brown continue to separate from Smith-Schuster, you think, going forward? Or can this offense kind of sustain two, two top five wide receivers? Yeah, I think it can absolutely sustain it. I mean, this this is really a game, It's like as you said, this is a game where um, they played from ahead. You know, every every member of the offense went off, but it was also a game where the 
passing game was limited <laughs> compared to some of these games that they where they're off where defense is uh, giving up just as many points. Um, so th- this was basically a bad game script looking for the passing game. And DJ Moore corralled each of his four targets for 49 yards while gaining 18 yards on his lone carry Sunday in the Panthers' Week 5 win over the Giants. Uh, no shit. I mean, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, they've been adding all of these guys who play a little bit of a positionless game. Um, I think that they're going to keep trying to use them in the running game and the passing game. Um, so, I, yeah, I think that that type of usage is going to be is going to be common. And then at, at the same time, you know, it's it, it doesn't look like he's taking over, uh, you know, at like a number one target share. Ito Smith rushed three times for five yards and a touchdown in the Falcons' Week 5 loss to the Steelers. Uh, no shit. I mean, before before the game, uh, I think that they said that it's basically going to be that they're going to use all three guys. Um, and, it, you know, some of us have talked about that in um, articles this past week, that that Freeman going down was sort of, in a way, bad for all of them because Ito Smith was going to get his chance. And if he looked good, he was... There was chance that he was going to stick in the rotation. So seeing him get a goal line carry and do well, um, you know, I think in his first game he had a red zone carry and fumbled it. There's some risk that, oh, you know, maybe he'll be in the doghouse. But that does not look like it's the situation. So I think he's going to, you know, he's going to be stealing value away from from Freeman and Coleman the rest of the way. And if you haven't stashed on a dynasty league, he's looking pretty good because one of the So what are you doing with, say, Coleman or Freeman if you own them in redraft? Are you, you know, starting them comfortably every week, or what are you trying to? How are you trying to address that? Yeah, I don't. I don't think you're. I don't think you are. I think you're really downgrading them. I mean, if you have them and you don't have anyone else, yeah, you can start them. The offense is going to have better days than they did today, and um, it's an offense to be a problem. But we've seen it. Sarkeesian. I mean, he, I think he because Shanahan was there before. He's starting to become a little bit of a punching bag for, you know, for analysts. Anytime the offense doesn't do well, but it's also clear that he is struggling to make the game easy for his players, and so there he's not able to get those running backs going in the passing game in the way that they did a couple years ago. You know, that piece of the offense is just gone. So can't rely on Freeman for those four or five targets that are going to maintain his floor. And the same, and the same with Coleman. So it's, it, it, it's very easily one guy can go off and the other guy is a pretty bad guy. If Edo Smith is getting you know, 10, 15, 20% of the snaps or something, that's pretty bad. So if you have one, you know, if you have a Yeldon type guy, I mean, he's sort of ascending, but if you have, if you have one of those pass catching guys, um, Austin Eckler, you can start him over to Bobby Freeman, I think. Vance McDonald caught one of two targets for six yards in the Steelers' Week 5 win over the Falcons. No shit. Um, you know, Jesse James is playing, and the offense is running through the running back, and Juju and Antonio Brown. I think that I think that, that tight end spot is going to be pretty inconsistent. 
Aquanimius St. Brown caught three or five targets for 89 yards in the Packers' Week 5 loss. Um, shit no in the sense that he did a lot of it in garbage time. You know, I, I mean, they actually had a chance to come back in the game. So it wasn't quite, it was, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was definitely comeback mode. He was not at the forefront of the receiving game. But no shit in the sense that if he's out there, um, Aaron Rodgers is going to find him. So if, if he, for whatever reason, if we, if we know that he's going to be the number three guy in a given game, um, yeah, then no shit, he can do that. David Njoku caught six of 11 targets for 69 yards in Sunday's Week 5 win over the Ravens. No shit. Um, you know, his usage has been there um, so far this year. This is a game we've, I mean, it's not a huge game. He didn't score, but this is sort of what owners have been waiting for. Um, should know to 11 targets for off now. Yeah, I mean, we expect we expect the Browns to use use that tight end as a as a big piece of the passing game. So yeah, I hope, hope that more games like this and eventually five minutes. Christian Kirk corralled three or four targets for 85 yards and a touchdown. Um, no shit, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think he had one big play to start the game, and then it kind of fell apart from there. Uh, the Cardinals struggled again to really get stuff going, although um, David Johnson uh, had a couple short touchdowns, which was nice. But, yeah, I mean, I you know, we'll see what we'll see what happens with, um, with, with Larry Fitzgerald. It's unclear how healthy he is right now, so it, it's hard to know exactly what the target split is telling us. Um, but but it, it, it looks exciting that, that Kirk is going to be a guy that Rosen is going to look for, you know, when he's trying to push the ball down the field. So, you know, no shit to that, I think. Alshon Jeffrey caught two of eight targets for 39 yards in the Eagles' Week 5 loss to the Vikings. No shit, I think. Um, he's going to have better games than this, but the offense doesn't include Alshon Jeffrey. So, no shit. Keenan Allen vacuumed 8 of 9 targets for 90 yards in the Chargers' Week 5 route over the Raiders. Uh, no shit. I mean, that's, that's what we expect from him, though. So, um, you know, I, I think also no shit to the fact that I don't think he scored a touchdown. Um, those running backs are just, just vacuuming so much value out of the passing game. Austin Eckler had a 44-yard Receive, receiving touchdown and uh, you know Melvin Gordon did his thing and you know that's unless the Chargers start scoring 60 points a game or something it's it's going to be if, if those guys are all getting multiple touchdowns um, there's a little bit of pinch on Keenan he's, he's still great and he's going to get he's going to have big games I, I don't think that that the touchdown rate for Austin Eckler can continue to be this high he's scoring from like outside the red zone passes every week. It's his touchdown rate is like 15% or something like that. Are you downgrading Keenan Allen at all because of the lack of touchdowns? Like, would you hesitate to start him in some matchups? No, not, not at all. I mean, he, he, he's, he's, clearly, he's clearly their best pass catcher. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe teams just cannot adjust to these running backs. That seems impossible. <laughs> I feel like, I, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to say letting Melvin Gordon do this for like two straight years now. Like he's just uncovered catches the ball and runs for thirty yards. <laughs> I, I don't know 
know how the adjustment is that difficult. Um, it seems to keep happening, but still, the running backs have like they have like thirty five percent of the targets right now, or something, and that, that that seems like it's probably going to it's not going to disappear, but it's going to come back a little bit. So I, I'm not I'm not selling Keenan Allen for sure because you know he's probably a little bit undervalued, but I'm happy starting him. Tyler Lockett hauled in three of five targets for 98 yards and a touchdown in the Seahawks' Week 5 loss to the Rams. This one is so hard because we don't know what's going on with Doug Baldwin. I mean, I, I, I think I think no shit. Um, Tyler Lockett running down the field getting free and Russell Wilson dropping these bombs or scrambling around and chucking it down the field. That's been their game, you know, since, since Lockett's uh, been there. Um, so... Definitely keep making plays, um, but whether whether Lockett will sort of be the number one guy within this sort of you know it's been that way, um, or whether it flip flops and like the old Tyler Lockett and Baldwin starts getting a bulk of those targets, uh, who knows? Who knows? So I'll say I'll say no shit, but we're keeping an eye on that situation for sure. So are you? Holding on to Doug Baldwin if you own him at this point? Are you worried about him going forward? How are we approaching that? Definitely worried. Definitely worried. I mean, I think I, I have been fairly aggressive with starting him, which I felt fine with last week because he was fine. I mean, I think he had like five catches or something like that. So, you know, for for a, for a not that explosive passing offense, which is what the Seahawks have been, that's, you know, that's fine. Just hoping to catch some outside weeks, but um, but yeah, I mean David Moore was playing. I th- I don't know. I didn't see snaps on Brandon Marshall or if he was playing, but he was looking good. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely worried about Baldwin. He's always been that sort of borderline guy where he's you know he doesn't get like 15 targets and rack, rack up a bunch of cheap catches. He was always just insane. Seven targets, but he'd have seven catches and a touchdown. With other, you know, with other receivers stealing, stealing some of those um, looks. Yeah, it's getting a bit dicey. But I, I don't think you can trade him or anything like that. <laughs> I tried him. I tried him one league before he came back. Uh, basically, the owner was like, "I own Doug Baldwin in another in another league," <laughs> and that's that's like the limit of my yeah, the <laughs> Doug Baldwin exposure. Like, I, you know, you just you can't be all in. Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you'll need to crush your friends and rivals this year. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup for you each week based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. You may ask, how does SquadQL actually do this? Well, the app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster and your league's scoring system. SquadQL provides waiver and trade recommendations, plus the app gives you player rankings each week and it's all based on your league settings. SquadQL truly is your go-to app this fantasy football season. Head to SquadQL.com to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy football manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android. All right, moving on to news item number three, and we're staying in Seattle. Mike Davis rushed 12 times for 68 yards and a touchdown, and Chris Carson also rushed 19 times for 116 yards 
caught his only target for 11 yards. Uh, so, Devin, how, what are your thoughts on this, on the Seahawks' backfield going forward? Um, do you think that Rashad Penny can be a thing in 2018, or is this more the Davis and Carson show from here on out? I have no idea. It's crazy that that uh, I think CJ Proceis was not even active for the game. So that whole thing for years where we've been wondering, well, who's going to be the passing game <laughs> the passing game back in Seattle? You know, J.D. McKissick looked good last year. I think with Schottenheimer there, the answer is no one. They're just <laughs> they're not going to do that. It's it, I didn't really think that the Seattle offensive scheme could take a step back from what it already was, but uh, I don't know. Maybe they're just still tilting from that, you know, pass on the goal line in the Super Bowl. Like they're just never going back to that, <laughs> and that's the direction they're taking. They asked Schottenheimer before the game what distinguishes the Rams' offense. Why is it so dynamic and dangerous compared to every other offense in the league? And he said it was because they have Todd Gurley, and he's the best runner, and it all starts there. I mean, it's clearly not what's happening with the <laughs> offense on the Rams, but this is like, this is how he gets hired. You know, def- defensive-minded coaches or old-school coaches, they like it when, you know, they have that guy backing them up, I guess. So, I don't know, but the Rams' defense is good, it seems like. Uh, you know, they've been crushing people. And Seattle just sort of just smashed through. I mean, they, they put up 200 yards on the ground in a game that, you know, they weren't, it wasn't like that game script friendly like that. Um, they just ran really hard. Carson ran really hard. I don't know about Mike Davis, though. I mean, if Penny looks better, I, it seems crazy that they would let him play instead of Mike Davis out of, I don't know, just seniority. They did give Mike Davis the first snap of, like, in the offseason, because Mike Davis had, he was, like, the incumbent starter from the end of 2017. They made, like, a fuss about, like, Mike Davis gets the first carry of 20. So, <laughs> I don't know. It may be that thing where, like, they're old school and you know, unless somebody takes it. Yeah, and on that note, like, why, oh, why? didn't the Seattle Seahawks just draft one of the multiple offensive tackles or guards or centers or anything that went in the next, in the, in the, in the following round right after they took Benny. Yeah, I know we were joking about this. Like they, the Seattle hasn't had a first round pick in years because they had traded them. And then they finally have one and they, they, they select the guy that, that doesn't even see the field. Uh, it's pretty mind boggling, but uh, I mean, they are ahead of the game in the sense that, uh, you know, having a third running back is valuable. These guys are valuable for fantasy anyway. People get caught up in who's the starter, and that's just not how it shakes out. Situations change, and those guys who, if you have guys who, even if they're not playing, if they play, become RB1s, yeah, you, you do want to be stashing those guys. So, I don't know, Seattle, they're they're taking a fantasy approach to their own backfield, I guess. <laughs> Uh, are you happy, uh, you know, owning Rashad Penny in Dynasty, I guess? Are you stashing him? Or are you uh, trying to, you know, kind of get away from this offense and coaching staff? It's a dilemma. I mean, it seems like, well, obviously in full PPR, it just seems bad. If they don't use the running game very much, that's just not good for owning years. But 
going to get a shot at some point. And he, you know, he did, he was injured. He did, uh, he did have the injury in the summer. So he missed all that time. And we've seen that before where when rookies get hurt, miss, miss important reps, uh, you know, miss the preseason games, they can sort of get passed by in the short term. Yeah. It looks like it's probably Tolino. I think you're just hanging up. I mean, I don't know what you're going to get for him if you have, um, I guess if you, I guess if you have a, a team that you consider a contending team, but you know, everyone says that, but I don't know what that means. Like if you're so, if your team is so good that you're crushing everyone without him, then you're just hanging on anyway. You don't need more piece. And I don't really know what that means to be one piece away fantasy. Like how can you tell? I guess if you have like zero quarterbacks, <laughs> like if, if you, if your team is great, but every quarterback is owned and your team is good. So no one will trade you one. But they'll give you Andy Tucker or Sean Payton. And then maybe you do it because you're taking zeros and you're not going <laughs> to <laughs> You give up 20 points a week. Maybe. The Rams ruled out Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks for the rest of week five against the Seahawks with concussions. Devin, is Josh Reynolds worth adding on a one-week rental? And can the Rams' offense continue to function at a high level without these two guys? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that... Yeah, I think Reynolds is worth, is worth picking up if you... If you have guys on, on buys and you and you just need that wide receiver, um, if those if if you know Cooks Cooks got decked, so who knows? But it, I I wouldn't be surprised if he misses a week at least. And um, I, I'm not so sure about Cup, but you know this this offense is one where Woods Wood Robert Woods is a player that I liked, but just thought that despite what we saw with some of the targeters last year guy, you know, there were some people who were worried that Brandon Cooks would just be Sammy Watkins and being sort of over second fiddle, I guess, third uh, <laughs> I, I didn't think that that made sense, given what he gave up for him. I thought it would play out kind of like it did. It was, you could split it different ways, looking at air yards and different stuff like that, but Woods has been, I think, the, the, a little bit further behind those other two. But it just hasn't mattered because the offense is volume of it is big enough and no one can stop him. I mean, adding adding Cooks, who's obviously played much better than Sammy Watkins did, um, their offense just looks unstoppable right now for the most part. So I think, yeah, you can plug anyone in there because you know, McVay is going get, to get the ball to people. He's going to make Goff's job easy. He's not going to have him throwing really difficult passes to Reynolds. And, uh, you know, we already saw Reynolds make some plays today, and Gerald Everett, too, uh, without some of those guys. They all look good. So, yeah, if you just need somebody to stick, to stick in a flex spot for a week, I would pick him up. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, Cooks is probably, you know, actually a really talented receiver, but apart from him, you know, you've got, kind of like you said, Woods and Cup are guys who... Um, we, we probably wouldn't think that much of them on a different offense. Like, uh, you know, they don't seem to be especially talented just if you're looking at them in terms of their overall profile. I think it's just being pieces of this Rams offense that's really productive that kind of makes them look like stars or at least look like, uh, you know, really big fantasy producers. Um, yeah, Reynolds is kind of interesting to me, too. He had a 40 percent almost 40 percent dominator rating coming out of college um 
someone I you know was intrigued with when he was a prospect. So I uh, am excited to see him hopefully get a little more work in this offense. You know, three targets today, 39 yards, that's a good start. But hopefully they can even get him more involved next week if Cup and Cooks do have to miss some time. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Reynolds and and uh, honestly not too worried about the Rams. I think they will probably, you know, maybe Cooks gives them something that they can't get from other receivers, um, just his speed, and he's pretty dynamic. So maybe... Maybe they missed something with him off the field, but yeah, I'm, I'm, like you said, I'm hopeful they can actually keep up this this pace with pretty much anyone. Yeah, and, and as you said, I think that's a good point. It's not it's not like we think Josh Reynolds is just anyone. I mean, he hasn't done much in the league so far, but coming into the league, he was a prospect that a lot of Rotoviz people were pretty excited about. Um, and, and it looked like a fairly open depth chart, so it seemed and we just don't really know because they added a ton of people right away. You know, I mean, they went from being a bad offense that was basically dysfunctional um, to adding Robert Woods and Cup and Sammy Watkins before, and um, you know, he, he he just sort of got got uh, squeezed out by more more proven players. So it's yeah, it's not like uh, it's not like they have a street free agent that they're really getting excited about. It. It's somebody. All right, well, that'll do it for this edition of the Fantasy Football Report. Special thanks to our guest, Devin McIntyre. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at DevinMCI. Please remember to rate and review the Road of His Radio channel on iTunes and subscribe to our Patreon. For Hassan Rahim, I'm Blair Andrews. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Football Report. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Metro by T-Mobile got the best deal in wireless and it's all for you all for me just switch quickly because Metro has two lines for 80 and two Samsung Galaxy J7 star phones for free plus Amazon Prime included that's the way wireless should be only at Metro plus sales tax and activation fee $50 plus rate plan required not valid for numbers currently on T-Mobile network or on Metro in past 90 days offer subject to change offer valid for new Amazon Prime members Amazon Prime has a $12.99 per month value restrictions apply see store for details and terms and conditions Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. At Simple Mobile, you get the no-contract advantage. Those other mobile companies make you think you're in control, but you're really not. 
They lure you in with shiny new phones and then lock you into long-term agreements. But Simple Mobile is different. You can get a 30-day plan starting at $25. You can also get the latest smartphones, or if you have a compatible phone you love, you can bring it. Just text BYOP to 611611 to see if your phone is compatible. It's the reliability you need when you need it. All on a powerful nationwide 5G network. With no mystery fees, no activation fees, and no contract ever. All for less money and no contract ever. 5G-capable device and SIM required. Actual availability and coverage and speed may vary. 5G network not available in all areas. 5G upload speed not yet available. Message and data rates may apply. Visit simplemobile.com slash privacy policy for privacy policy. Service plan required for activation. Terms at simplemobile.com. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.